So true confession time. How many of you put together a bracket for the NCAA tournament this year? Okay. How many of you are basketball fans? It's kind of fun to do, right? Um, my son is a teenager, and it was his first time putting together a bracket. And he was in with all the um, uncles and cousins and all of that stuff. And my husband said to him, oh, son, I have so much to teach you about how all of this goes. And it's been fun, this father-son tradition, um, that they get a chance to kind of watch the tournament. And it's fun to cheer, whether you're in your living room or maybe in the past you've been able to go to some of those games. There always seems to be a Cinderella story of a team that goes deep into the tournament, and it's fun to kind of be a part of how that goes. I love sports. I love the spirit of competition. I watch all kinds of different sports uh, throughout the year based on the season that it is. We lived in one place where my family and I were very close to a minor league baseball park, and I really enjoyed that. I got a chance to go on a, a Sunday afternoon or some evening just to sit there and watch some baseball. It was kind of like a little balm for the soul. And I was a pretty, honestly, fair weather fan. If it was nice weather, I'd say, oh, hon, let's go out to the, to the ballpark, and we went. And if it was raining, we didn't. And when we moved away, I didn't watch the team at all. I was just a fair weather fan. It was just kind of fun to be a part of that during the summer. There are other teams that I'm not just a fan of, I'm a follower of. When you're a follower of a team, it means that no matter where you go or what they're doing, whether they're winning or not, you are going to be able to be invested in that team. You see the difference? When you're a follower of that team, you watch the stats, you know the players, you know their history and the seasons they've had, and that pride of that school or that team just flows even to the next generation. That's what we do, right? We dress our little kids up in our favorite team, their favorite gear, and we tell them, this is the way. This is who you cheer for. There's a difference between being a fan of a team and being a follower of a team. And I want to contrast that and talk about that a little bit this morning. We've been talking in this month, our sermon series is called Following in the Footsteps of Jesus. And we've been taking a look at some different places that he ministered. We started at the Jordan River, that Jesus went and he was baptized. And what does it mean for us to live as a baptized child of God in our day and life now? And then we took a look at how he went north and he ministered in the towns around the Sea of Galilee, particularly from Capernaum. And we talked about his healing ministry, that Jesus cares when we're going through tough times and when we need healing. And last week we talked about the teaching ministry of Jesus. What does it mean to be the salt and light in our world today? And Jesus came to help us understand what it means to be a follower of God. It's more than just the rules or just following a religion. It's more about this living relationship with God, and that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. He came to show us the love and the grace of God. And today we're going to pick up that journey as Jesus, he goes to Jerusalem for his final week of his life. And we see this great crowd, and they started this impromptu parade, and, and they wanted to herald him as a, as a great man and a great leader, and, and they were many fans that day in the crowd. But we'll see that many of them were just fair weather fans, 
because it was just only a few days later would they turn on him. And so what I want us to consider for a few minutes this morning is this. Am I a fan of Jesus or am I a follower of Jesus? Am I a fan or a follower? So let's pray as we get started this morning. Lord Jesus, thank you for calling us together and allowing us to be here for worship this morning. And I pray that by your spirit, Lord, you would just open up your word to us, that we might hear your message, that we might be challenged in our minds and our hearts. We ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. So fan or follower of Jesus, it was pretty easy in that day to be a fan of Jesus. You see, news had spread that, that he had gone and, and he had uh, touched a 12-year-old girl and brought her back to life. It was fantastic, and that story was circulating all around. And there were news that he had touched a man who was blind named Bartimaeus, and he could see. And then there was this other story that was circulating, that there was this great crowd of about 5,000 people, and he was able to, to feed them with just five loaves of bread and two fish. And so these stories were, were exciting and people got energized by them and they, they just wanted to be around Jesus. They wanted to touch him and they wanted to be near him and they wanted to see what he was going to do next. It was pretty easy to be a fan of Jesus at this point. And they went to Jerusalem for the beginning of the Passover. Jesus and his disciples headed there. And we're going to pick up the story in Matthew chapter 21, verse 1. You'll see it on the screen there. It says, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. And then verse 6, it says, the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. And they brought the donkey and the colt, they placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. And so there's this parade that develops as the story continues. They put Jesus on the donkey, and then he begins to ride into Jerusalem, and others begin to put their cloaks on the road, and they cut down these palm branches, and they begin to put them on the road, and they're trying to create this, this parade for Jesus as he goes into the city. And you know parades. Parades are fun, right? There's crowds on either side, and they get excited, and they start saying, Hosanna. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. They're shouting. It was fun. It was a celebration. People loved to join in. They were fans of Jesus that day. And a couple of pictures I want you to see what this may have looked like in that time. First one you see is sort of them walking into Jerusalem up on the Mount of Olives. They would have gone through some of that terrain and that territory as they were headed into the city. The next picture shows from the top, looking back down. This is along the Kidron Valley. So you can kind of see some of those paths and some things up into the city of Jerusalem. And then this last picture I have for you today shows the Garden of Gethsemane is where that church is located. So you'll see that Jesus went out of the city later um, on that Thursday evening to pray with his disciples just a little bit outside of the city. And on that Palm Sunday... The people, in essence, they wanted to celebrate the miracles that Jesus had done. They wanted to celebrate him as a wonder. They treated him like a celebrity. But even more than a celebrity, they heralded him as their king. Because they're kings of the past, King David, they're, they're, they're one who, when Israel was doing its best, the Israelites felt the most secure was under King David. 
And King David had entered the city on a donkey. It was the royal animal of choice for the Israelite kings, and they cried out, Hosanna in the highest. It means, Jesus, will you save us? They were looking for this political ruler, the spiritual ruler who would deliver them from the Roman rule. And and this uh, processional was what the kings would have done once they had had victory somewhere else and they would have ridden into the city to be able to celebrate that. They wanted Jesus to be that political and, and spiritual leader for them. They wanted him to deliver him, to deliver the people from their Roman rule. And there were many in the crowds that day who were perhaps fair weather fans of Jesus. We know this in the next verse. It says in verse 10, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up and asked, who is this? And the crowds answered, well, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. You see, they got caught up in the celebration moment. They didn't even know who he was. But they got caught up in the excitement of it. It's like when the, the hot team, you know, does really well in the basketball tournament, so to speak. Everybody gets excited about that. Because we want to be a part of something when it's going well. And they wanted Jesus to be a mighty ruler. They didn't understand his greater mission. His greater mission was that he was going to give his life for humanity. And later in the week, many people in Jerusalem, maybe even some of the people from that crowd on Sunday, they got stirred up in another way from the political and religious leaders. And they were the same ones who said, crucify him, crucify him. Crowds, well, they can be fickle. And sometimes, even today, We can still want Jesus to be something that he isn't. Sometimes we want Jesus to do our bidding. Sometimes we want to make Jesus in our image. Sometimes we want to only call on Jesus when we're in trouble, and we want to just be able to do our own thing the rest of the time. Sometimes we only cry out or or go to church when something isn't going well. Instead of being consistent the rest of the time, sometimes we can just be fans of Jesus. But it doesn't always work like that. And Jesus came to say, I may not be the ruler that you expect me to be, because I am the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And when you choose to be a follower of Jesus, when you choose to walk in his footsteps, it means that you're choosing to go with him wherever he leads. And sometimes that means it's going to be really fun. And sometimes it's going to be perhaps really hard. When you choose to be a follower of Jesus, it means that you're willing to listen and to learn from him. It means that you're going to follow in his footsteps through the good and the bad, trusting and believing, even when you quite, might not quite understand exactly what's happening. When you can't see it right in the moment, you still trust that God is a part of a bigger plan, that he's doing something bigger than maybe what you can see right now. And you don't just turn to Jesus when you need a miracle. When you are a follower of Jesus, 
It means that you're willing to step forward and maybe even sacrifice for the sake of the mission. Are you a fan of Jesus or a follower of Jesus? Think with me for a moment what it must have been like to be one of Jesus' disciples. They were close to Jesus. They listened to him. They learned from his teachings. They asked questions when they didn't understand. They were committed to him enough to to leave their families and their towns and to follow him for three years. They had given their life to him. And I think they expected Jesus to be able to do anything and and to be able to defeat anyone. And on that Palm Sunday, I think they were pretty confident because they got to walk into Jesus in the midst of a parade and it was fun and it was exciting. But in a matter of days, their whole world would turn upside down. And those confident disciples, well, one would betray him and another would deny him. And this whole trip to Jerusalem made them nervous. I mean, Jesus started talking about dark things and he started talking about death and and suffering and and sort of visions of, of being a part of maybe overthrowing Rome. Well, that wasn't anything that Jesus was talking about. Things changed so rapidly for those first disciples. And just when they thought they understood Jesus, just when they felt confident walking in his steps and and thinking they knew what he was going to do, he would change on them. He would do something different. And most of the time he went into the temple to teach them. But on that next Monday, he went in and he saw them, them exchanging money poorly and it was wrong. And Jesus upturned, overturned the tables and the merchants got mad at him because they were selling poorly in the temple. And Jesus, he would watch his disciples and he would challenge them because they were still talking about who was the greatest and who was going to have the best seats. And we'll see Jesus, he's very prayerful in the garden, desiring not just his own destiny, but knowing that he would walk a very difficult journey for you and for me. And finally, we see him show sacrificial love on Friday in a way that nobody ever could have imagined. Sometimes our world gets upset and gets turned upside down in a moment too. And we have a loved one who suddenly dies and we don't understand it and we get pulled into this journey of grief that we don't want. Or we have a dream that seems so exciting and everything seems to be going together and then all of a sudden the bubble just bursts and we're left with nothing and on the other side we don't know even what to do. And, you know, we're on this journey and and cases seem to be going down and and we seem to be going in this direction and then virus cases go up and we're still in this yin-yang of what's going to happen. Life can change in an instant. And there are a lot of things that that are not in our control of, of stuff that happens to us. And the question becomes, what do we do in those times? You see, just as the disciples experience their walk with Jesus, you and I get a chance to also choose to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. And when we do, sometimes that journey is filled with praise and celebration, and it's great. 
And there are other times when walking in the footsteps of Jesus will be filled with turmoil and even suffering. Are you and I willing to follow where Jesus leads us? Are we willing to continue to walk in his footsteps even when we don't understand, even when it doesn't quite make sense? Or are you and I just going to choose to walk another way because we might not like it? You see, there was a great change that was in store for the disciples. And something better and something far greater than they could have ever imagined was about to happen. And in in a couple of days, and next week we'll celebrate that, but Jesus rose victorious and triumphed over the death and the grave forever. And they didn't understand all of that when they were experiencing it. But the message of Jesus wasn't going to be confined to just their group or just their territory. But he was going to go out from them into places all around the world, and it was going to move from generation to generation. There was this whole brand new movement that was about to happen. But they didn't understand that in the moment. They simply had to trust that Jesus was going to lead them forward one step at a time. And Jesus holds the same challenge out for you and for me. There are a lot of things that happen that are out of our control. And he's looking for his faithful disciples who continue to follow after him one step at a time. He's looking for people who are willing to investigate what he offers, offers, and he's depending on people to choose to follow him, whether he's popular or not, whether he's in season or out of season. He's looking for people with li- who live lives of integrity, who have the courage to stand even when it's not popular. And he's looking for people who trust him, no matter what the circumstances of life indicate. And if you've never experienced Christ's presence in your life, It is the most amazing thing ever. Because I know that I've trusted my life to him when I keep walking and doing my best to stay in the footsteps of Jesus. There is a profound peace that comes upon my life. That even though I might not understand everything in the moment, that God is doing something and I'm part of a bigger plan that God is doing. And that's the assurance that we have as Christians when we commit our life to Jesus and we commit to following him no matter what. You see, you don't have to just catch a glimpse of Jesus from the sidelines. He lives in you and in me by his spirit. And we invite him to walk with us every day in our homes and he will come invite him to be with you in your workplace and he will come invite him to be with you as you go to school and he will come. As we've journeyed with Jesus, as we've walked in the footsteps of him, let me ask you today, are you a fan of Jesus or a follower of Jesus? Have you made that personal commitment to say, Jesus, I choose to be your follower? Not just for today, not just when it feels good, not just when everybody's doing it, not because my parents or my grandparents want me to, but I choose to be your follower because I want to because I want to live for you, because I know that it is my purpose in life. The very reason I exist is to experience your love and to give that love to others. And I'm willing to follow you wherever it leads. That's the difference from just being a part of the crowd that day and being a disciple, a follower of Jesus, who was willing to walk with him to the cross and beyond. 
That's what we celebrate as we begin this Holy Week. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Sometimes it's fun and it's exciting, and other times it's hard. But in the midst of all of it, it is meaningful, and it makes a difference. Jesus came so that we could have a picture of God. He's not just some faraway person that we don't know, that we can truly get to know him. And he is here with us this morning, and he goes with us from here. So let us praise him. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Let us be willing to walk with him wherever he leads. Would you pray with me? Maybe as you come here today or as you listen online, maybe you're struggling with something that you're trying to hold tightly to. And it's something that you're trying to control and how it's going to work out. And maybe this morning Jesus says, I need you to just open your hands. And I need you to let go and I need you to release it to me. And let Jesus walk with you through it one step at a time. Or maybe you're here today or listening online and maybe you've just been really disappointed by something in your journey of faith. And it didn't work out the way you thought it was or or you just were disappointed that, that God didn't seem to intervene in a way that you wanted. And maybe today Jesus just says to your heart, it's okay. Will you just continue to walk with me through it? Or maybe today you just want to make that deeper commitment and say, you know, I kind of am a fan of Jesus and I want to step into being a follower. I'm tired of running life on my own and I need Jesus to be my leader and the Lord of my life and somebody that I know I can count on and somebody who's going to stick with me and walk with me through life. Oh, Lord Jesus, hear the prayers of your people. Know our hearts today. We release to you the things that we need to. We let go of some of our disappointments. And Lord, we recommit our lives and our heart to following you even when maybe we don't understand right in the moment. Lord, we offer all of those things to you this morning and ask that you would lead us one step at a time. In the precious name of Christ we pray. Amen.